0: I'm Charlotte. And I'm Helly, and welcome to Growth in Progress, the podcast where we have open and honest conversations about things that aren't usually discussed but that can help us all to grow.
1: In each episode we spend some time catching up, we share a recommendation of something we think is really brilliant and is either something that's perfect to enjoy or can help you to grow and then we go on to discuss a relevant topic to the things that are going on right now. How are you doing my love? How has your week been? Tell me all. How is your visa application going? I feel like You know, I feel like we're getting there. (laughs) Maybe, hopefully.
0: Realistically, I've got like a two-month wait until I find out anything. Which, yeah, I know. two months? Yeah, at the moment it's taking two to three months. And we submitted it two weeks ago now, um, which is pretty nuts. But I won't lie, it has been quite an emotionally taxing week. Not made any easier by the fact that I've been PMSing like crazy. So that's obviously made everything so much better. But um, no, we got called into the police station and God obviously catastrophized everything. And we actually made like an exit plan. Like, okay, which country are we going to go to? Where are we going to go to make sure we can stay together? Like how quickly can we pack up if we get kicked out of the country? Nothing happened. They just wanted to check some of our documents. Um, But we spent two days fully, like basically making plan B, C, D, E, like all the way through said um and then we left we moved house at the same time as well so that was all a lot of fun um when it rains it pours I know and yesterday one of my clients was like well you maintain the appearance of complete calm and control and I was like I wanted to cry I was like you'd have no idea how much I appreciate you
1: saying that (laughs) (laughs) you have no idea how far from reality that actually is but I appreciate the sentiment nonetheless
0: (laughs) that was literally me I was like oh you're gonna make me
1: cry (laughs) it's when people say to me you're so chilled," and I'm like are you serious like I am the I have no chill there is no chill like the fact that there is a plane going over my head right now I'm like trying not to freak out but I can't do anything about the flight paths and I've decided to see it all as free ASMR at this point that is a that is a good shout but i mean it's just all about
0: maintaining the illusion apparently of control. exactly so i i will take Swan i along. will take that yeah <laughs> um how are you what have you been up to
1: well we had the jubilee weekend here so we've got two days off for the queen's platinum jubilee as coined by tiktok the platy jubes which i can't get on board with Mm-mm, no. No. something about the word jubes so we're yeah we, me and one of my friends have started talking like creating unintentionally creating a list of words that give us the ick jubes is one of them apparently chinos the word chinos gives me the ick like hmm. i don't know what it is makes me my skin crawl
0: for me it's flannel
1: like willy is another one. Oh, like, flannel is a horrible
0: word yeah
1: say it too many no. times it sounds weird it's just it sounds like plush you know, like it's flappy. I don't like the word boobies or willy either, because I just think we're not three-year-olds, so it's not necessary. Um, But yeah, if anyone else has any weird words that give them the ick, please let me know, because we have a very long list. Um, And I just think it means I'm probably, I mean, I don't know what it means, let's not dig into that. But anyway, um, we had the Platinum Jubilee, which meant we got a couple of days off work. It was all a bit i be honest it's all a little bit much for me but i decided that the platinum jubilee bank holiday weekend was not the point to become a staunch republican um so i just kind of you know watched a bit of the parade and had an afternoon tea with my gran and had to sing god save the queen and you can imagine how i felt about that because oh my i god. don't know the words to god save the queen yeah ima- imagine my face and they're like and now we're gonna sing god save the queen and i was like I don't know any line other than God Save the Queen. Yeah. I mean, it it wasn't just me and my gran. I feel like I really need to clarify. We went to her. um, She lives in a care home. We went there and it was with all the residents and like my parents and stuff like that. It wasn't just me and my gran in a room singing God Save the Queen. Um, Like, yeah, no. But um, it was just nice. It was nice to have a few days off and other than that, it it was pretty uneventful, but yeah I do love a good couple of bank holidays
0: yeah I was quite jealous of mostly the bank holiday part although we did watch um like the Trooping the Colour and stuff on the tv and there and all of like the fly pass because obviously Taylor's never really seen anything like that before so it was quite entertaining to
1: watch him watch it (laughs) (laughs) what was his hot take on the British royal family and all the royalists coming out the woodwork
0: Yeah, I mean, his biggest takeaway was that you claim a lot of those planes um, as yours, but they're American. (laughs) Because they're American made. I'm like, I don't, I don't know if that's like relevant. I don't know if that's a point they're trying to make. Like, okay. Like,
1: okay. We just called them the Red Arrows and they make pretty shapes in the sky. <laughs> it
0: was all the other ones. I can't even remember what they're called, the helicopters and stuff. I, I don't remember the names. Oh, I don't much-
1: trust helicopters. You know how I feel about helicopters.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Not the helicopters. I hate helicopters. They're terrifying. Um, but anyway, do you want to show your recommendation for the week? Hopefully it isn't Jubilee related because I think we're all, we're all done with that now.
0: We're platy-jubed out, apparently. So.
1: Platy-jubed out, although it did give me an excuse to have an afternoon tea and scones and cream, so. I do,
0: I missed that, actually. I can't wait to have one when I get back. But my recommendation is not Jubilee-related, but it is a podcast called Scamfluencers, and it only started in April, and there's eight episodes, but um, some of the stories are across two episodes, and I have been obsessed so so good so it's hosted by Saatchi and Sarah who are two culture journalists for Gawker and BuzzFeed in the US and mm-hmm. they basically look at stories about people who have used their position of influence to con or scam people and some of the stories like that everything from kind of the finance industry to health and wellness there's fashion uh, there's like Ponzi schemes. There's uh, there's ballet, um, fake social media influences. There's everything that you can think of. And basically, if you're looking for the podcast version of like Tinder Swindler or Bad Vegan or something like that, then this is, this is honestly for you. There's not loads to catch up on and they don't like faff around with loads of intros and stuff. They get straight into it. And the first um, story is, literally described as the fire festival of the ballet world and (gasps) it is honestly crazy like some of the a couple of the stories you might have heard of in the press before but a lot of them I haven't even I haven't heard of or come across before and it's yeah fascinating have been binging my way through them um so yeah if if you enjoyed the whole like tinder swindler type thing podcast version yeah amazing
1: I love it that is going to be the next podcast I listen to I feel like I have a gap in my life for a podcast that is a bit more like that sort of format like yeah not true crime because true crime freaks me out but um like that sort of thing mm.
0: yeah and I that was exactly it. I was looking for a bit of a break from kind of the mindset type podcast but didn't want true crime and that yeah 100% recommend
1: Side note, I didn't go down the rabbit hole of Googling about Adnan Saeed again the other day. Still no, oh still no update. Every really? like year or so, I, yeah, I every year or so, I really fall down the rabbit hole. And every time I do, I'm more determined that he did not kill her. But yeah.
0: That's nuts. I forgot.
1: <sighs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, if you haven't listened to the first series of This American Life, what was it called? This America, it was by This American Life. What was it called? We'll leave it in the show notes. It's like one of the most famous true crime podcasts. And then SNL did a really funny sketch of it for Christmas, which is worth listening to the podcast. Just to watch the NSL, uh, SNL sketch, in my opinion. But anyway. What
0: is your recommendation this week?
1: Mine is a little bit of a rogue one because it's a drink. Um, and so for a bit of context, Back context is very professional, doesn't it? For a little bit of context. Basically, I decided that I want to drink less because no special reason other than the fact that drinking alcohol doesn't make me feel great. And I'm not very good at just having one. Um, so I've decided I'm going to start looking into the world of non-alcoholic spirits. And I have done this before. I found some that are quite nice. But I have a new one to recommend that I'm really a big fan of. And it's from The Clean Company or Clean Co., they are a clean alcohol well it's not alcohol obviously but it's a clean spirit company and they do alternatives to well-known spirits so like a gin alternative a rum alternative tequila alternatives um and they work on the premise that they taste very similar but they're non-alcoholic obviously hangover free zero sugar and they're all very low calorie um, naturally low calorie so you'd have to worry about like that, that sort of thing but it's a nice added benefit as well and I've just been really impressed with the actual recipes of these because I think often with these sorts of like fake spirits that you get they can be quite sweet and very kind of they taste quite artificial and sugary and not like the actual spirit it's trying to mimic whereas I've had both of the clean gin alternatives so there's a clean gin that's very much like a Gordon's or a Hendrix that sort of like um type of gin and then they've got a rhubarb gin well rhubarb gin alternative as well which is just a really lovely summer alternative with a little bit of tonic if you fancy something a little bit different and i picked them up in sainsbury's and they're currently on offer for 12 quid absolute bargain Um, i don't know if they still will be when this goes live but they often have offers on their website as well and i just really love the idea that you can have a really great non-alcoholic drink that still tastes like your favorite alcoholic drink and it's also really good if you're driving or if you're just especially if you're outside in the sun all day a barbecue or something you don't want to drink all day but you still want to feel like you're having a drink just a really big fan
0: okay I need to check them out they're not very big on non-alcoholic versions of stuff here in Croatia but we have been (laughs) really trying to cut down as well and more so just trying to restrict it to just one night a week if we have a couple of beers but I love that because sometimes genuinely I do just want like the taste of a really nice G&T, but I just don't want to deal with like my tummy not feeling great, having a bit of a fuzzy head the next day. Like if you've actually got a genuinely nice replacement for it, then yeah, I would actually much rather have that than deal with all of the other side effects of drinking actual alcohol.
1: Yeah. And I also sometimes find that I'll have one or two drinks I don't have the tolerance for alcohol that I used to. So I'll end up getting a bit tipsy. I know I don't sleep as well when I have a drink. And if I'm planning on getting up early the next day or I'm trying to plan a workout in or I've got stuff to do, it's just really inconvenient for lack of a better word to just feel that bit more like I'm not on my game. So I've been quite keen just to like, not to stop drinking entirely, but just to experiment with other types of alcohols or non-alcoholic spirits and stuff like that and see what's out there. Um, so yeah, if I find any more, I will report back. If anyone has any recommendations of any good ones, please do share them. I've tried Caleno in the past and I really liked their, I think it's a zesty one. That's really nice. Um, if anyone else has any recommendations, please do let us know.
0: I quite like the, um, the seed lip gin is it seed lip gins
1: yes I like the the, there's one that's like a little bit herbaceous like it's I think it's called like the garden or something like that and I quite like that one
0: yeah there's an orange one of theirs that I don't like but yeah that's the only one I've really tried and quite enjoyed
1: I think I had lyres I can't say l-y-r-e-s I think is how it's spelled because I had a non-alcoholic apple or somewhere recently and they used that and that was really good
0: Ooh, that does sound good okay I'm gonna check it out
1: it still requires you to make your an aperol spritz which I hate doing so we'll you still
0: know probably just buy the can then
1: yes definitely <laughs> which are now being sold in Aldi for like a pound as the side note for anyone who's an aperol spritz fan oh
0: god this is like completely to the detriment of everything we've just discussed about drinking less alcohol <laughs>
1: yeah but if you're going to drink, make it convenient for yourself, and make sure it's something you really enjoy. <laughs> Always that drink like an advert. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, shall we move on to the topic this week? I'm really excited to discuss this one.
0: Yes. So this week we are talking about the importance of not only setting boundaries but also maintaining boundaries. The last two years have obviously really blurred the lines of a work-life balance with most of us working from home but I almost feel like now we're at the other end of the spectrum where life feels pretty normal and our excitement to get back to normal means we're letting those boundaries slip as we're all like socializing again and going back to work spending time with family so I guess I don't know I feel like this episode is more of a gentle reminder probably as much for ourselves as other people as well to make sure that you prioritize those boundaries that you need in your life.
1: Sure, I think we talk a lot about setting boundaries and it can be sometimes quite easy to decide to set a boundary. Like Once you know that you need to put one in place, setting it can be kind of the easier part, but it's actually maintaining it day to day that can be harder because you might sit there and like, if we go down the whole like not drinking thing that we were just talking about, day one saying, okay, my boundaries that I won't drink during the week, that's quite easy. The test will come three or four weeks later when you're out with friends and they go, go on, just have one. And then you have to start questioning whether it's best for you to maintain that boundary or actually whether it's allowing yourself to have that flexibility, because boundaries are fluid, they can be flexible, they can be reviewed and changed as situations change as you change. And that's part of the beauty of them. But it can be really difficult to understand when you should flex a boundary and actually when you've got to maintain it in a really hard and fast way.
0: Yeah, I totally agree about it being a kind of a flexible thing. It doesn't mean that you set a boundary and you have to absolutely abide by that forever. I think a really important part of boundary setting is having the self awareness of how you're acting. And if you feel like that's a boundary that you need to put in place, so to like use the alcohol example, if you know that it gives you a headache and then you know you're not going to be on like on your top game the next morning and it's going to make you feel more sluggish and unwell the next day or I don't know. So if you find that you're always saying yes to things at work and maybe you're a bit of a people pleaser, or you're just you say that you're happy to go with whatever. If you find yourself being frustrated by that behavior that happens over and over, then I feel like that's a really good indicator that you do need a boundary in place there. And it doesn't have to be hard and fast, like like you were saying, you can you can change it, you can be flexible mm. with it. But I do understand that it can be super uncomfortable to recognize that there's something you don't like about your behavior or your choices.
1: Totally. I think a really key thing when you're looking at maintaining boundaries, and one of the things that kept coming up when I was looking at different ways you can maintain your boundaries is about consistency. It's not about being consistent in the way you set the boundary, but that you have it in the first place. So it might be that you're, you're, plan to drink less is that you don't drink on weeknights but you'll drink on Saturday and Sunday the actual thing you're doing of not drinking isn't the same every single day but the act of the reduction of and that being the boundary you're setting is consistent and you're repeatedly applying that framework and reminding yourself why you're you're doing it and that's where it becomes easier to maintain boundaries because I guess it's similar to how we've spoken in the past about having motivation and the difference between motivation and dedication. Setting the initial boundary or that initial motivation is your get up and go, the reason you're doing it. But the longer term changes, the maintenance and the dedication you need to it are more challenging and require repeated actions.
0: And that's why knowing what your values are are so important to maintaining boundaries because mm-hmm. yeah. I mean boundaries can be literally for anything like there's so many different things that boundaries can cover like most people think of emotional boundaries or work boundaries um but you've also got I don't know boundaries in your relationship boundaries with your time like physical boundaries there's all sorts of boundaries that you can implement but I think a really important part of that is knowing what your values are because I feel like such a huge part of setting boundaries and maintaining boundaries is rooted in self-respect
1: yes I think that's so important to remember is that maintaining your boundaries is a really huge act of self-care and like looking after yourself because you're respecting Mm. the thoughts and the emotions of a past version of yourself that might have been hurt or felt like boundary or like you know someone overstepped the mark but you're also continuing to assess whether or not they're still right for you and that's so important like it's very easy I think for all of us to fall into a trap of going that person upset me and they said something that wasn't nice and therefore they should change maybe that is true but if you flip it on its head and go, that person says something that upset me, they weren't very nice, therefore I'm going to draw and then maintain a boundary that means I have less interaction with them. That's where the self-care comes in. That's where prioritizing yourself and respecting your own well-being and your feelings comes in. And it gives you power back in a situation. But when you, when you are away from that situation or you're not encountering that boundary challenge for a long period of time, it can become... Easy to let those boundaries slip and it's harder to maintain them.
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree. And that whole thing about like power, I think a really big part of that is kind of distinguishing your own needs from others. Like, I feel like that is actually much harder than we think it is, especially if you are a bit of a people pleaser or you worry what other people think or you don't want to cause an argument in your family or. With your friends or whatever the scenario might be that whole thing of kind of understanding and appreciating that okay if someone's upset you that is not you can't change anything about them like they need to work on that themselves if if that's something that's causing an issue you can't change that about them but what you can do is recognize that your need is to step away from that person or from that scenario or situation or whatever it might be and i think that is a really big is powerful it is really powerful to be able to do that and it's not i feel like the whole setting boundaries thing gets a lot of stick for being i don't know selfish or i don't know what's the like a millennial i don't know i can't even think of the word what's so the flaky is isn't it i no always flaky. feel like people are yeah. like
1: they're such a snowflake they need boundaries like everyone's a snowflake you can't overstep someone's boundaries now but it's like no I just don't like it's not asking for a lot to be respected and to have your views respected. Like that's the bare minimum of not being a shitty human.
0: Yeah, that is that is literally it. It's not selfish. It's not pushy or rude to enforce your boundaries. These are literally your priorities and recognising your values and your own needs and asking other people as human beings to just respect that and mm, my- like pre- like protecting your own time and protecting your values on your needs is not is not selfish that is self-care like you were saying
1: yeah one of my favorite ever quotes like quotes in but you know those like sayings is the only people who have issues with you setting and maintaining boundaries are the ones who benefited from you not having any mm-hmm.
0: yeah I totally agree and I feel like that's like- especially true in the workplace as well
1: yeah <laughs> workplace or even family and family commitments like yeah they're only going to get funny with you like if if someone really cares about you and has your best interests at heart they will only be pleased for you that you're setting a boundary and want to respect that and support it because they know it's good for you and your well-being if someone Mm. gets like shitty about it that's on them they need to go away do some work check themselves and they're probably the people who were disrespecting the boundaries in the first place
0: yeah. The, I actually thought you were going to say that the like quote thing that you were going to say then, and it's just as applicable, is the importance of learning that no is a full sentence. Yes. And I feel like that is just as true uh, with everything that you just said, because those people who are, who expect an explanation, if you say no, that's you, That that's your answer. You said no, that's mm. a boundary. That's something that you're not comfortable with. You're not able to do. You're not com- able to commit to. You don't really owe. Anyone an explanation? I mean, obviously, if it's something oh. like your boss saying, Why'd you keep turning up late to work? And you're like, No, obviously, it's a little bit different. Like, I'm not talking about just being deliberately obtuse, but if someone is repeatedly expecting much more from you than they should do, and you say no, you actually don't owe them an explanation because they've already way overstepped the boundaries of what they're actually expecting from you.
1: Yeah. Same with social gatherings and stuff as well. If someone goes, Do you want to come to the pub tonight? You? you go, No, thanks that's fine you don't have to go no thanks I've got to actually um go walk my neighbor's dog and then wash my hair and then I've got a Pilates class and I need to batch cook some meals you don't have to give them a bloody reason yeah you can be really polite about it but I think remembering that remembering that is a really great way of enforcing boundaries and the other one that I thought you were gonna say <laughs> this is like the weirdest game of ping pong ever um is that no response is a response and I think that's really important Important to remember when you start trying to maintain and also enforce your boundaries, and people don't respond positively. That's a response in itself that tells you everything you need to know.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Although I would say the other side of that is if you are really ready to set some boundaries or maintain or enforce those boundaries, remember that some people genuinely just don't know how you're feeling. And if you are like, I don't know, really resenting your manager or your partner or whoever for, I don't know, putting more work on you or expecting something of you, they might genuinely think that you enjoy the challenge or you've got more space to take it on or whatever it might be. If you've not told them your boundaries or what you're struggling with or what Mm -hmm. you feel like you've overcommitted, they might genuinely not know. And I think, same for emotional boundaries, if you've not communicated those to your partner or, or your family, how will they know that it's something important to you? Because like you said, if they're someone who genuinely cares yeah. about you or have your like well-being and best interests at heart, they're not going to be offended if you just say, look, this is something that I'm really trying to work on maintaining and reinforcing. Like, I, I think that's a perfectly like, it's really important to have that open communication.
1: Yeah, I know. Then- That's a really good point, actually. I think part of the reason maintaining boundaries can feel so difficult and intimidating sometimes is that you don't know how people are going to react when you go to maintain them and enforce Mm. them. And I think that's fair. Like if you've got to give, you don't owe people an explanation, but sometimes you do have to, especially if they're bigger boundaries, you do have to have that conversation and almost give them the benefit of the doubt that they might not have known this was happening. Once you've told them about the boundary, the impact that you know, not respecting that boundary has and that you're going to make that change and you're going to enforce it now, if they then choose to disrespect that or argue with you or try to break that boundary down, then you don't have a responsibility there because you've you've explained it. You've not blamed them. You've not created mm. a problem, but you have set out the boundary and you've explained why. That's all you can do, but you are right. Like, I think you have to, There will be circumstances where you do need to give that context and you have a responsibility, especially I think in a work setting, you have a responsibility to say a boundary is being crossed. And, you know, you might be partly responsible within that. Maybe you've been a bit too much of a yes person or you've overestimated what you can handle or whatever it is. But then if it's done after that, that's when you kind of have to reassess how you maintain a boundary.
0: Yeah, I think those open conversations about it are so important and as uncomfortable as they might feel at the time to have it's the longer term same with any boundary setting it's the benefits longer term that you'll see from reinforcing your priorities recognizing your own needs and actually putting your I mean I'm saying emotional well-being but all sorts of other well-beings and putting those boundaries first because longer term is where those benefits are like setting a boundary today you're not Necessarily going to see the benefit of that tomorrow. It's going to be in a month, six months, a year's time where you really start to realise that you've done done good things for your well being. You've prioritised yourself and the benefits that that has for you mentally.
1: So I have a question for you.
0: Hmm.
1: Have you ever? Obviously, don't feel like you have to give a specific example for this, but have you ever been in a situation where you've decided to set a very difficult boundary and then? after a little while you find yourself like questioning whether you even need that boundary anymore um like almost like you you've forgotten why you set it in the first place
0: I feel like there's definitely some circumstances of emotional boundaries that probably that's
1: the boundary I'm thinking of here
0: yeah I think probably I don't know maybe four 3 4 years ago probably when like mentally and mindset wise i wasn't in as like a stronger position as i feel like i am now and there were some boundaries that i really felt i had in place with mm. like with taylor with people at work even like i just felt like i needed them to literally i don't know keep on the straight and narrow during every like every day because it was a bit more of a struggle whereas now they're just not things that are there anymore and whilst I've probably not like consciously removed them if I think about it I'm very much more aware of okay no this isn't something that I struggle mm-hmm. with anymore and I don't know maybe part of that has come into play just in terms of you know being self-employed and having to take a few more things on and looking at things differently but I definitely think there are circumstances where that totally makes sense to to do what about you yeah you?
1: yeah because I- I feel like often we set boundaries and it feels like that's a boundary for life that's now what we have to live and die by and that isn't always the case like like you said your circumstances change so sometimes you look back and you go that boundary doesn't fit me anymore it's like a pair of shoes you've grown out of or something that you're just like "Mm, I can understand why I set it and it was really useful for that time but almost saying I guess it's like like anything questioning the habits you've built around it to go oh is this serving me anymore Mm. and then I guess the flip side of that is when you have specifically emotional boundaries I think where you set the boundary for a really good reason you're good at maintaining the boundary and then almost because you've maintained it well it's not tested so therefore you fall into a trap of thinking it isn't needed even when it might be and I think that's quite a difficult space to be in because then you're in this weird limbo where you're like do I need this boundary? I probably do. But how am I maintaining it if I don't know? Like, it's a weird gray area.
0: I feel like that kind of situation though, you've set that boundary because you needed the people in your life at that time to be aware of it. And they have Mm -hmm. hopefully respected it. And that's why you've not felt the need to kind of flex that muscle because they've been very aware of like your values and what your boundaries are. Say you've set a boundary at work. Whereas if you move to a new job, you might suddenly be reminded of how important that boundary is and you need to kind of like restate that again to your yeah. new colleagues and your new like work friends or who like whatever the scenario is. I think, again, it is so situational, but it, I don't know, it is good to keep track of your boundaries because I think situations mm-hmm. like that where you kind of forget why you implemented them it is really important to just, I don't know, I guess, keep constantly keep reassessing.
1: And I guess that's kind of, the dream situation isn't its Is as you reach a point where you do question whether or not you still need a boundary because either you've grown and changed and actually it isn't an issue anymore or it's tested it's not being tested and actually it's being respected so you don't have to act on it in the same way that you used to like I guess actually that's the, the dream scenario really
0: yeah or maybe finding it tested in a new like I know I had work boundaries when I was working back in the UK and then like obviously before Australia and then now I have my own business the same boundaries haven't been applicable for a while Mm -hmm. and then some of them have kind of cropped up maybe over the last three or four months in terms of like setting boundaries around my own time and I've thought okay no I actually do need to have conversations about that to reinforce that because that is something that's really important to me and I'd almost forgotten I've forgotten how uncomfortable those conversations can be, but also how important they are. And then now I am seeing the benefits of having had them as much as I had sweaty palms at the time.
1: Oh, God, they're horrible conversations, but I feel like they're never as bad as you think they're going to be. And if they are as bad as you think they're going to be, sometimes it's easier because then you're just like, well, at least I know I'm doing the right thing setting this boundary because you're a bit of a dickhead. (laughs) (laughs) That
0: is so true. that is so true but also I feel like a lot more people have an understanding of boundaries now or maybe I mean I'm probably coming at this from quite a privileged standpoint but say if I talk to any of my clients they are very aware of like boundary setting they've set their own boundaries with me we had discussions when we started working together I Mm. feel like it is I realize that's not something that's possible in every scenario or every person's work environment but I, I do feel like it's something that people are a bit more aware of the importance of now
1: that's such a brilliant idea when you start working with someone to like work to ask them like what are your boundaries that's such a good idea I always do it with management styles and like working styles like are you quite chilled do you like to be kept in the loop about things like that's a conversation I always have I never think about having one about boundaries but that's so important
0: yeah yeah I think it's yeah, there's more conversations around that. And I do really like to see it because then it makes you feel more comfortable about setting yours as well and knowing that hopefully that means there's more chance that yours will be respected if there is a more open yeah. dialogue about it in the first place.
1: I love that. I think that leaves it in a really good place for this week's episode. If you have any thoughts on any of the things we've discussed today, please don't forget that you can get in touch in the show notes that are in the description box down below.
0: In the meantime, we hope you have a great week. Stay safe and
1: we will speak to you soon. Bye. Bye.